Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. My name is Alan Aguirre, and we're here to talk about the Challenge USA Episode 5. I'm joined by my lovely co-host. We have the Canadian, Miss Nikki Sin. Hello, hello, hello. The Vermontian, Zoe Tromboli. Hi, everyone. We are not joined by Luke this week. He's having fun. He's, he's having a great day. Uh, but he's going to make sure to listen to this podcast, just like all of you are. And again, I want to give a thank you to all our new listeners, uh, including Danny McRae, former... Uh, Cowboys player, Survivor player, Challenge USA cast member, husband of Kiki McRae. Big Kiki <laughs> fans here. Uh, this is a Kiki stand podcast. We got, I, yeah, I actually got a, I got a message from another cast member who we have named for now, but they have, like said they like it. So thank you to all who's listening. Make sure to hit a subscribe, hit a like. We're here to talk about Challenge USA episode five. I just want to say, they started this elimination really early into the episode because there wasn't a lot of stuff going on, but I thought it was a great episode. I feel like there was a lot to it. Like there was a lot more drama than sort of the last episodes. And when I mean, when I say drama, I don't mean there was a lot of like fights. It was just drama that's like bubbled over that they can't seem to avoid. Yeah. It felt like the beginning of something. Like there was like all the like real game waiting to be played bubbling underneath the surface. And it was finally like, Oh, we're like getting down to the needy gritty. So (laughs) (laughs) we're ready to play this game for real. Yeah, the game started, and, like, I was just shocked because, like, the elimination was, like, the vote didn't happen, and I, I looked at my time, and it was 7.38, 10.38, if you're on, or 6, on the 6, 9.38, whatever. We were 38 minutes into the episode, and, and that's when we already had the elimination, had a whole other 20 more minutes. I was shocked, but let's jump right into the episode, and our perfect algorithm, our perfect, perfect algorithm gives us our new partnerships. Danny and Angela. Angela's hyped. Olympian, NFL player, great stuff. Angela, all day. Derek and Kayla, David and Alyssa, Tyson and Cachet, Enzo and Kira, Kylan and Shannon, Dom and Desi, Cinco and Aza, Ben and Justine, and Leo and Sarah. And Sarah is absolutely disgusted. Shocker. That's how I feel whenever she's on my screen, so it's it's fitting. She... I don't think Sarah has said one nice thing about anyone on the show so far. In five episodes, I haven't heard her say one nice thing about someone where it's, like, not followed by some sort of backhanded compliment. And it's really interesting because for someone who hasn't done jack shit on this show, like, please put up or shut up. Like, you have not done anything. So... I get that, like, you are capable of certain things, but in the context of this show, you have not proven yourself at all. So, but we will get there. Let's actually, let's stay on the, on the Sarah track, unfortunately. Um, We have a scene with her and Tyson at the beginning of the episode where Tyson, uh, you know, he's not the biggest fan of Sarah. She voted him out of Survivor twice, um, and Tyson is asking, so what's Ben's stance in the game? And Tyson cares about Ben's stance in the game because Ben has Justine as a partner. Tyson knows Justine's amazing, strong player, and he's like, well, if he has Justine, that means he could win the Daily Challenge. I don't want Ben to throw me in because Ben knows I just don't like him because they don't like each other. Uh, I was... I was sort of uncomfortable watching this conversation 
because I don't I don't exactly remember what Sarah's like political game was like on Survivor or like her you know her her social game. I only really remember her like physical like dominations of it. So I was like, how is Sarah going to try to play this off? Is she going to trust Tyson? Does she even know where Ben's head is at in the game? She knows where Ben's head is at because they're like as tight as any two people in that house I think can be. Um, but I do think she legitimately was planning on riding out Survivor strong this entire season as long as she could. I don't think that she was coming for Tyson. But boy, do I love that Tyson was considering coming for her. I love there that. was uh, back during Winners at War, someone had tweeted, "Wow, look at look at how how much Sarah's social game has improved." And Tyson like quote tweeted it with like, "What social game?" Oh, so I didn't I didn't forget what it was. It just doesn't exist. Cool, good to know. But yeah, Ben, like. His biggest fault in life is just being too close to Sarah. He, I mean, he gave up his game on Survivor for her. And he's, I mean, honestly, he's, he just seems like a very loyal guy. Just got to pick better friends, my guy. You just got to pick better friends. Loyal to a fault. It happens. He should have rode with those Love Island girls. Also loyal, but everyone likes them. Could have given them all cowboy hats. They would have been, they would have been cute as hell. Oh, and cowboy boots too. Stop. That would be so cute. We also get a scene between Derek X and Kayla, two people who kind of go under the radar. Both wear glasses. Um, it's what they're known for, glasses wearers. Uh, but they, they have a cute conversation where they're like, you know, I think we're okay in this game. Let's just try and not get last, which is, I mean, just how I try to survive every day. Every day of my life. I'm like, hey, I don't know. Don't get eliminated from life. I saw them and I was like, oh, this is like a sleeper team. Like, if this is not a super physical challenge, they could do very well. Anything that involves, like, crawling under something, those two, very. Like, they can communicate, they're not crazy, they're both pretty intelligent, like, they're fit enough, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I see it, I like, I like the vision for this team. They don't have a partner talking shit about them. No, they got two heads, eight eyes, better than, you know, the the four and, or the two and one of them. They get to the daily challenge, and it is a swimming challenge. Uh, they have to swim out, memorize a code, then go to some canisters, uh, find the canister that has their code on, which has their puzzle pieces on. They grab the puzzle pieces, swim back to shore, do this like two or three times, uh, <clears throat> two times. They, if you mess up and you and you open a tube that's not yours, you get a penalty, you have to swim back to a buoy, and so on and so forth. What made this challenge very interesting is we have not just one. Not just two, not just three, four cast members who clearly do not know how to swim. Cache, Aza, Leo, and Enzo. And I appreciate Aza the most because she looked terrified and was very just open, like, I don't know how to swim. Whereas some of these other people, they're like, you know, you find out once they're in the water. Yeah, did we find out? I am glad they all had those life jackets on because, man, we would never have uh seen either of the two kitty cat boys again yeah they would have all nine lives would have been lost in that that muddy water there is something hilariously on brand about the two cats not being able to swim (laughs) yeah 
it's so appropriate. <laughs> I, just, I don't understand why it's not a requirement to know how to swim to go on the show. I literally wrote in my notes, Leo is drowning. That is what I wrote down as I was watching it. Like, Leo is drowning. Because I looked up and I was like, oh, yeah. he's just, He wasn't even, like, moving forward. He was literally just, like, flailing in the water. I'm like, you have a life jacket on. You've seen people swim before. You know what it's supposed to look like. Could you try and make it look similar? I. So what's confusing about that is Leo is from The Amazing Race. And I know that at least for The Amazing Race Canada, when you apply for the show, one of the, like, some of the requirements are that you've had, like, outdoor experience. So, like, make sure you've, like, been camping before or at least, like, you know, hike or in some sort of shape where, like, you're not going to, like, sound like (gasps) every time you, like, go up one step. And so it's confusing to me, like, does the American one have a different, like, yes, everybody's going to have to, like, play back that breath. (laughs) That was just for you, Alan. Um, It was confusing. Like, did did Leo not have these requirements? I've watched a lot of Amazing Race. I've never seen someone have to swim on the amazing race they i've never seen anything like no no i've never no i've watched a lot of seasons too maybe maybe that's the thing they've done a race but yeah i don't remember that that's, that's well, just, I just not think an american version he went into the challenge thinking he was a catfish so like maybe he just forgot leo calling himself a catfish made me aggressively laugh too much for such yeah. a dumb joke i was and like call neve call neve <laughs> Oof. He doesn't do well. Ozza and Cinco don't do well. Ozza and Cinco were one of the three different pairs, though, that I caught holding hands at some point during the challenge, which I thought was the most adorable thing I've ever seen. The other one was Tyson and Cachet, also adorable, and Ben and Justine. And I was like, can we get some more of this on the main show? Like, I just, I was like, this is like good partnership that I get, I think that other people don't really know how to do but I was like especially coming from Tyson Tyson was like I we are going to do well even though you cannot do anything in this challenge I you you know if you like listen to this podcast you know how much I love like partner encouragement like very much reminded me of like Ashley and Huey on Spies Lies Allies and the Allens and the 500 other words in the title of that show um when they're supposed to like jump off that that cave when they were doing that swimming challenge you know the one where like Huey puked and then she kissed him and she was like all encouraging they held hands like I, I like I was playing I was paying spo- like close attention to that as well I was like who's who's actually making a good partnership like who's putting the effort in I know they're only partners for like one challenge and I don't know how many days that really is that translates into like when they're filming but you have to make those count yeah and it's part of the game where like if you if you impress your partner that word will spread fast and people will see it and they'll want you to stay in the game. Uh, two partners who killed it, they were dominating both the swimming and the mental portion of memorizing the codes. Derek and Kayla, holy crap. We're, I mean, they're good in the water. They got some good brains on them. I was impressed. Good for them, man, because they, they've been middle of the pack the entire season, maybe below average. Good for them. Yeah, I love the mutual respect they showed each other. And it was a good showing for them moving forward this season because other people, like you said, are going to want them as a partner and not be wanting to throw them in immediately. Ben and like J- trying to get rid of them. Ben and Justine come in second. And interesting report. Apparently Justine doesn't really know how to swim either, which, I mean, I don't I don't know if I believe that, but I kind of do. 
I don't know, because she's just such a great athlete. I can imagine her doing well. Ben was holding her hand. I don't know. But good for her if she finished in second not knowing how to swim. I don't know how that happens, but it does. Uh, Tyson, good Lord. He was just holding cachet with one arm as he swam with the other arm. His arms are just so long as well. He was making his way through the water. He was killing it. And then... <laughs> and, and they were the only team that had to go back to the buoy with the code on it. I'm pretty sure, right? They were the only team that messed that up. Yeah, because Cache errantly opened up a tube without thinking. Not even just, I think she just saw it, she just opened it up and just, yeah, it was just, a, it was just a response that her body had. And Tyson, Tyson was pissed off, but he kept pushing through. Um, only he could have really done that. I mean, it was, it was ridiculously impressive. I, you, the dad and Tyson jumped out where it's like, him carrying like one kid and like the groceries and like their toys. And that was like him holding cachet, like the puzzle pieces. They came in fourth in that swim in spite of that mix up. And like, he, like he's the reason they passed Angela and Danny. Cause Angela was up there waiting. Um, he's just a machine. I this is a Tyson Stan podcast. I, I He's no thriving. Idea. He is. Yeah. And he, some people are just like on Twitter, like, oh, like Tyson's too cocky. No, he is definitely perfectly confident. There, there's also the point of like, why don't they, why don't they just throw him into elimination? He keeps winning. I'm like, why would a female in this game not want Tyson as their partner at one point in the game? That's how the, how they're going to qualify to run the final. They're like, oh, today's my day with Tyson. Here I go. Like, if anything, you want to eliminate the people who haven't been partners with Tyson yet. You're like, I don't, I, she's going to get Tyson in a week. I can't have her in this game. I need, I need to, like, raise my chances of getting Tyson. That, that's how well he's doing. Um, <laughs> other notes I had, uh, David and Alyssa, not to be seen the entire episode, but they came in third in the swim, which for them, didn't expect that. Good for them. Sneaky, sneaky, and good. I was very impressed. Good Kira. job, Doodle. Kira, teaching Enzo how to doggy paddle mid-elimination. Once again, she gets a partner who's not great at a challenge, but she just pushes him through, and she's fearless. I love her. I adore her. Also, I want to give Shannon a shout-out for her impeccable diving form, because at one point, who who was she paired with? Oak Island. When they dove back in after their first run, it was like, I think someone screenshotted it on Twitter. I'll have to find it, but it was just like perfect diving form. Just you at home holding up a 10 sign. Good job. Uh, And if you want to talk about annoying dives, we have Sarah doing a flip into the water as her team is in second to last place, complaining about Leo. Like, who do you think you are, Justin Gaethje? Like, just stop. I can't. And she did it to, like, rub it in her own partner's face. Like, you were in last place basically while that was happening and that's you thought it was the time to gloat and show off like and this is as she's getting mad at leo for wanting to just climb down the cargo net to get into the water some people aren't comfortable diving and if he's not a confident swimmer which i'm sure everyone that has eyes that can see notice that he is not a confident swimmer why would you want to force him to jump into the water then Hadn't Enzo it's, just done the exact same thing right before him? Sure did. And Kira was just like, okay. Yeah. Support a normal human. 
like. Oof. I will say I did have a Sarah Cena moment in my life. I was I was in a baseball game where my team was losing twenty seven nothing, and I hit a home run and I went fucking crazy. Oh, <laughs> I yeah yeah I was so hyped twenty seven one baby twenty seven one. Who so uncommon? Ooh. Neither yeah. of you won. No, we got oh, shit. we got to the puzzle. Derek and Kayla. They talk about like, yo, we're both really good at puzzles, but we have two completely different strategies in this puzzle, and that's messing us up right now, which was a point I love. It was just because like that's like part of the game sometimes, and it and it is like you know when it comes to puzzles, I think we saw it with CT and Cam on the double agents where they were like, they're two good puzzle players, but you can't have two minds working against each other. You have to be communicating. You have to be on the same page. I was getting so mad, and I don't know if it's because I'm watching so much Australian Survivor, but, like, at puzzles, always do the puzzle on the ground first. I always Sort your puzzle pieces. I always think that, too. For that one, I was, like, it because there's so many different ways you could do it, I don't know if it mattered as much. I just felt like they could have built the bottom half of it first, like, that would go into the, like, bottom half of the glass. That was such a weird tangram. Yeah, because I don't think there were halves to it. Yeah, it was, like, it was big. They usually, they usually don't get that large and that many pieces. It was, it was different because, like, you could build – you could definitely build a bottom or think you have a bottom uh, built, but it could be just completely wrong because it just fits perfectly. I, it, it was kind of trial and error, and then also sometimes just, like, a bit – this wasn't a normal tangram, I thought. Um, I but, am wondering, like, has the challenge ever or Survivor or anything ever reused the exact same puzzle? Oh, all the time. The challenge. The challenge uses that puzzle where you gotta get to 15 in each row like eight billion times. Oh, yeah. Or the remove the stick challenge. I mean, CT walked into that challenge uh, last season in the final that was taking Nelson, Kyle, Casey, and Nani eight million hours, and he was just like, "Oh, just remove these two things. We're done in two seconds." Like I've done this in 18 seasons, like already. Like uh, they they do that all the time. But yeah, uh, Tyson solos it, kills the puzzle. Wins it for his team, and he is—he was hyped, for, reasonably so. That's a normal time to get hyped. And yes. he was celebrating with his partner. Yeah, who basically just was an anchor for him through that whole challenge. Like, kudos. But at least she was aware. Yeah, no, and I'm not saying he shouldn't be celebrating with her. I think it's great that he was. I think it's great sportsmanship. He's a great partner regardless of who he has. It just some people should be taking notes. Derek and Kayla come in second. Uh, my bad. My list is not pull up. Ben and Justine come in third. Danny and Angela come in fourth. David and Alyssa come in fifth. Desi and Dom sixth. Kylan and Shannon seventh. Enzo and Kira eighth. Enzo said he was going to take care of the puzzle. Didn't know Enzo was decent at puzzles. Good for him. Ninth uh, was Sarah and Leo. And then Aza and Cinco come in last. They're going directly in. They never gave to, up, though. Yeah, I have to Sorry. say, and some people are going to really bristle at this comparison, but Cinco gave me, and I want to say this in the nicest way possible, and I mean it as a compliment. He gave me serious Josh Martinez vibes in how supportive he was of Aza in spite of her poor performance. Because I think no matter what you say about Josh, he is the most supportive partner that you could have on the challenge he is always like 
cheering on his teammate, believing in them. He's not yelling at them. And I think that Cinco had to have so much patience with Aza in that challenge. And like when he just looked at him, he's like, I really need you right now. <laughs> I was like, you poor thing. But I respected him a lot for that. Yeah, and he never like yelled at her or like like looked frustrated. Yeah. He he just dealt with he ha- he that's what a lot of people would do in that situation. The hands he was still, you know, like he just, he just, I stumbled through that sentence, but here we are. Aza needs to get cast in horror movies because she displays peril in such a, in such an amazing way. She's like, when she's tired or worried, you just see it all in her body language and motions. And I just want to give her a hug. Also, her confessional looks are always fantastic. They're few and far between, but they're fantastic. Gorgeous. I just want to know how she kept all those outfits like fresh and beautiful in that suitcase because she's got looks for days. Whew. They come out of the daily. Tyson and Cache have their moment where they talk to Cinco and Aza about who they want to eliminate, who they want in elimination. And what do Cinco and Aza say? About as much as Luke is this episode. Yeah, it was a staring contest. Nada. It no was one, so uncomfortable. <laughs> like, I actually thought I was like, uh, I was very impressed with Aza being like, I'm not going to be the one to budge. You're going to have to move first. And I think they're already in. There's nothing they can do to make things worse for themselves at this point. So I was glad that they held out and were like, no, nah, you guys have to pick. That was, it was, that was a really good strategy though, because so often you know, a pairing is going into elimination. They're like, give me this person. And whoever they say that to can absolutely twist it to be like, oh, you know, they wanted to put you, they wanted you guys in there because they think that you're like an easy target. You're like easy to beat. Or like they said that they don't want to go against these two people because they're too strong. And it can easily give away who you're working with. I don't know. I mean, it's pretty, pretty clear in this game who's working with who. They were just like, hey, what show were you on? Well, there is something I forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode. Cache Cinco, that love, that breakup storyline is also plays a part in this vote where, you know, they have this meeting together to talk about who he wants in elimination. And I'll be honest, I could not care less at this point. I just, I'm over this. I, I don't even, I don't get it. I just, maybe I should have watched Love Island, but I just don't, I don't get it. I, no, go ahead, Zoe. I didn't watch Love Island, but I put myself in her shoes. And I was like, okay, let me imagine I just broke up with someone who I really genuinely loved. Like, I loved this person. There was lots of feelings there. Maybe you had lots of dreams about what your future was with this person. You just break up with them, and then you get stuck in this environment with them. I know, as someone that's, like, pretty rational and, like, got a pretty good head on my shoulders, I would be a fucking wreck. I would, if and, like, you're surrounded by all these beautiful women, and he's the most gorgeous man, and he's flirting with all of them in front of you. I, I would be a fucking mess. I, I, like, I get you're on the show for money, but, like, that is a mindfuck, man. I felt for her. I, here's my advice from somebody that has been in a situation very similar to that, but instead of it being the challenge, it is music festivals where you're there for, like, a week and you are camped with that person so you're basically living with that person um go have your feels time by yourself nope 
don't don't let them see you react to anything. My my whole thing is I don't understand why Cachet admitted on national television that she is still in love with Cinco, but he is not in love with her. I but like did it matter if she admitted it or not? Because it was very it was abundantly clear whether she said it or not. But the, then why'd you say it? No need. No. Mm. She came from Love Island. She's got it hurt. Well, a big old heart. I just, you know, <laughs> when you, when Zoe, you talk about it that way, I was thinking about it myself. If I had to compare myself to Desi in anything in life, I would just be crushed. I would be, I'd be on the ledge because Desi's so perfect. <laughs> Come on. And she's already being like cast in this like lowly Love Island girl, and then you have Justine and Kira who are legitimately good. Justine is very good. And so, like, you're now on, like, the bottom of the totem pole of all the Love Island girls who everyone's shitting on all the time. Like, man. Yeah, I mean, I wrote, I mean, I'm, I'm the guy that wrote a blog, like, Justine and Kira are stars. And it's just, like, you you get put at the bottom of the totem pole just like that. And it's, it's it sucks. Uh, but she got $5,000, qualified her on the final, has an elimination win under her belt. You know, good for you. Uh <laughs> Derek and Kayla realize, like, oh, my God, uh, a Survivor and a Love Island player won. We're Big Brother in Amazing Race. That makes us really easy to get thrown in. Also, people just don't even think of us as, like, a power team, even though we just did well. Whew. We got we to gotta, we gotta scramble. We got to make something work. Kayla sees an opportunity. Love that she girl. Go, uh, she, goes yep. to, she goes to Tyson, and she's like, uh, there's someone real close with you who I, I, I think they're getting really envious of the way you're outperforming them. I think like she she put it in very like honest terms as well in a way yeah. that's like was rational. And like Kayla has such a calm demeanor to her that when she tells you something's up, you kind of have to take a moment to be like, oh, shit, really? Yeah, I think it also helped that they've been partners before. And like, again, they had a little bit of a foundation of a relationship when she was like, yeah, they just keep getting upset when you win, and none of us can figure out why they're upset because that means they're safe. Like, like you said, she just planted that seed perfectly. It was so well done, and it really makes me think that Kayla could win Big Brother if she played. <laughs> she, I mean, she's like the bartender who comes in and she gets you to spend way too much, but she does it in a way where she's actually serving you well, she's listening to your story, she's being attentive, and then you just leave her like a giant tip. And it's just like, she knows how to work the room. She knows when to speak. It's, 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 she's a delight. I, I was so impressed by her this episode. She's like, actually, um, I don't, that guy over there in the cowboy hat has been like giving you looks, being like, oh, that guy doesn't tip that often. Does his name start with a B? <laughs> we get to the elimination arena and you're like, Already? It's like, yeah, that's how the episode went, too. Uh, we get to the Elimination Arena, and Tyson, Caché, they vote in Sarah and Leo into Elimination, because Caché doesn't want Leo as a partner, and also, Justine is attached to Ben, and so Caché is like, I'm, I'm not throwing in my girl, so they go for Sarah and Leo. But let's talk about why Caché doesn't want to be partnered with Leo. Who did she overhear talking shit about Leo saying he's a bad partner? Sarah. Sarah. All over the house. Digging her own. Well, they only really showed Sarah. I, 
they made it seem like she was saying it to everyone that would listen, how much Leo sucked and the whole house, all the girls, at least that's the way Tyson was saying it to Danny. He was like, all the girls now don't want to be paired with him. So we're really doing all the girls a favor by doing this. Yeah. And Sarah said it to Ben. And what annoyed me is that Sarah was like, oh, he was like so bad in the challenge. I like didn't even get a chance to compete. You made the choice not to compete, not to put, not to give it your all. I'm just. She could have just pushed along on his uh, life jacket like Tyson did. Yeah. Do it. And not to be like that guy, but like Tyson said, you know, he's going after the weak players. Sarah, you got five challenges in. Where's your top three finish? Where's your top three daily challenge? No, you came in second to last. That's not that strong. No, it's always her partner's fault, too. You almost lost the trivia challenge. It's, I mean, like, she's been in the bottom back-to-back week, so what can she do? I mean, maybe perform. They're stunned, but uh, <laughs> the, the offense Leo took to the move had me dying laughing. He's all like, Tyson, I called you my big brother. Uh, I'm going to show you what I can do. Yeah, he goes, I look up. I looked up to you, Tyson. Of course you do. Tyson's like eight feet tall and you're like my height, five two. Yeah, you quite literally have to look up to him. And you're looking up to him from the elimination pit to where he's in the winner's area. The most unbelievable fact is that Tyson is six two. I I I would say he's like six ten. Like he just he looks so tall. He's tall, like he's taller than average but he also just has the tallest personality like i feel like he could tell me everything that's on a top shelf and like that's good enough for me because like i don't know what's up there (laughs) the elimination so you want to explain it huh i'll try okay so (laughs) they're um they're chained together the two partners and there are all these different sized film reels all over the sandpit. And so what they have to do is they have to go into a... It's a movie trailer. Yeah, they have to go into a little box. And it's all dark. And they have a stack of these film reels. And they are four different sizes. And they have to feel just their hands in what order these film reels appear in and then they have to go back out and rebuild the tower um outside in the sand and one team had a great strategy and one team had no strategy oh. leo immediately starts picking up their film reels uh because he's like all right we got to measure them out we got to get the biggest one we got to get the next biggest one the smallest one and he calls it uh leo's quadratic system uh <laughs> He's he's all like, not to call myself a genius, but I'm a genius. This guy's so corny, but I love it. There's just yeah. a level, like, not a great competitor, but he came up with a great strategy for this elimination and was thinking on his feet. He stacks them so that way they measure all it out. All four of so, them. Yeah, they, they measure them out so they know which one is which size. Uh, they go into the box, and it makes it really easy. And as Zoe said, Aza and Cinco literally walked into the dark. They walked in blind and had no strategy whatsoever. And no one ever took charge, really, at any point. Even, like, during the elimination, when Alyssa was trying to help them out, I almost wanted Alyssa to say, stop, come over here and listen to me. Like, like I'm going to give you their strategy because you don't have one. Um, and she was like, she was like, oh, use your fingers to measure it. So they were doing, like, if it was like this, they were like, doing like this yeah. instead of like this. <laughs> yeah. 
just like slapping the inside of it instead of measuring like the width of it with their hand. Oh, so bad. I did think they were blindfolded at first. I'm going to say that. Nope. They did. It was a three-legged competition technically, but yeah. Catboy kills it. Catboy absolutely destroys it. I mean, he had the right strategy. They win this elimination with ease, and Sarah is like, "Look at me! Look at me! I came up with this strategy. I'm the greatest player of all time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut your throat. I'm gonna eat a turkey leg. I eat all Thanksgiving dinner." Leo did it most of it. Catboy, the guy you were saying was a bad player. I mean, he had the shit. Well, finally, can finally Sarah can finally name a Catwoman or Catman. She was sticking out her tongue a lot, I guess. Like. So was Ben, though. They were going back and were like, yeah. eh, eh. Like, like a drunk Nikki. From far. Just giving each other cat baths from far. I was disgusted. Um, I, that was during, I was getting ready for the episode to be over. And I was like to check to make sure I don't look like a dungeon troll before we come on and record this. And I'm I like watching it in complete disgust. So I just started like snapping screenshots, like or taking pictures. Because I was like. I know that someone will at least get a giggle out of what's going on in my face. She was repulsive. She is repulsive. Her and her, she is a no-neck monster. She has clearly never watched America's Next Top Model because her chin is always sucked into the back of her head. And everything that comes out of her mouth is repulsive. I hate her. I hate her so much. Yeah, I, and I just, I just wanted her gone this episode. Like, oh my god, I'm never gonna know peace, am I? I just can't think of a greater gift that I could have received than Sarah Lucina being gone this episode. And Alan, like you were talking about earlier, when you freaked out when you hit a home run in a 27-to-1 game or something, my dad was one of my softball coaches, and he always said, like, if you, like, he's like, you're gonna hit a home run, and when you do, act like you've done it before. Act like you've done it before, and you're gonna do it a hundred more times. And I was just like, when Sarah started freaking out, I was like, act like you've been there before. Because again, you're not scaring Tyson. If you can't win a challenge, you can't do anything to him. And neither of you, especially Leo, are going to be able to win a challenge. I think that the only acceptable time for a celebration like that is if you win beer pong. (laughs) Because it's not that serious and you should be having fun with it. Yeah, it was just absurd. I mean, Sarah, she was talking shit before the elimination, like, oh, Tyson, he's played Survivor four times, he's only won once. Like, first off, you're one for three personally yourself, and only two people in Survivor history have won two seasons. One of the persons who won two seasons was on an all-winner season, so literally, it's one of the most impossible things to do. He won Survivor. He's kicking ass in these challenges. What, like, you're just mad because you suck. Yeah, she's just jealous. And Tyson's being put on a pedestal by all the other competitors who are there, rightfully so, because he's, like, the magic, like, he's the answer. If you're a girl and you want to win, he is the answer to winning. He's the CD. Yeah, she's just so jealous. And it's just, like, crazy because Tyson had a partner who literally could not swim, and he won. So it's just, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, you can't complain about your partner when this guy is dragging people to victory. Well, what's really frustrating is that the jealousy is very apparent to me because Tyson, he has like great rapport with even partners that he's had for past challenges. Like he's still good with Angela. 
he'll still be good with Cashy later. Like every partner he's had, he's developed some sort of like game relationship with. And Sarah just like talks shit about them in the confessional and then like I'm guessing just ignores them in the house after. Every partner Tyson's had still in the game. I mean, <laughs> says a lot. Uh, which means also we're down to nine women. He's had five of them. He's going to get Sarah pretty soon. And that's going to probably be some. I mean, we might get some of Tyson's funniest confessionals that week. <laughs> My heart hurts for him already. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Honestly, I hope he throws that challenge. I want him to not win her any money. I would love that so much. Yeah, I would throw it for second place or something. Yeah, like... Like, not get last. Don't win. Who has Tyson not had? He hasn't had Shannon, Kira, Desi? Sarah, and... De- oh! not Desi. That's going to be a powerhouse. Desi, he hasn't had Desi or Kira. That's two of the strongest girls in the house. <laughs> Hell yeah. This is what dreams are made of. Yeah. Okay, we have something to at least look forward to, <laughs> I think. Oof. Anything else for this week? I don't, I don't think so. We, do, yeah. This is the perfect episode to end with that algorithm, though, because they started the elimination so early, they could have just ended with the algorithm, sort of wasting the beginning of the episode. I mean, Tyson, yeah, he tweeted this morning, he's all like, can we just not start an episode with an algorithm thing? People will figure it out when they watch the challenge. Or in the previews leading up to the episode, because you can always at least make out like four or five of the pairs based on whatever clips they decide to share online. So just do it at the end of an episode. Please also, please give us a challenge or an elimination where they actually have to interact with other teams. Please. I would like if the person that does the music for the Challenge All-Stars could hop on and put um, I don't know, literally anything in the background. Because the music on the show is not... not there. there was like one little little ditty, little jingle that played at one point, but it sounded like, you know when you're at a hotel and you like turn on the TV and it has that the like background noise? And it wasn't the Shantham? It was not? That's the only song they own. They spent all their money on the Shantham. Uh, <laughs> that's our podcast this week. Uh, make sure to follow Nikki on Twitter at the Nikki Sin. Follow Zoe on Twitter at Zoe Trimbo. Uh, follow me on Twitter at the Alan Nagiri. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. CaffeineConfessionals.com, Spotify, iTunes, Apple, whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, have a great day at CF Confessionals on Twitter. Have a great day. Bye.